Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome inside Camelback Hall on the campus, or welcome inside Camelback Hall on Lopes Way, on the campus of Grand Canyon University, in the heart of Phoenix, Arizona, in the United States of America. And that was Kyle Borg's intro. Welcome to Believe in GCU, episode number five on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by Believe Podcast Network. I think I just said that twice. The number one podcast for professionals based in Los Angeles. We're here in Phoenix for Believe in GCU. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Yes, I do. I believe. You believe. GCU believes. Believe Podcast Network believes. We all believe. GCU Soccer believes. Women's Soccer believes. Women's Soccer believes they're in the WAC tournament. Baseball believes. believes. Men's Basketball believes that their season starts tonight in an exhibition game against CSU San Bernardino inside the GCU arena. Woo! What do you want to talk about first? I mean, there's a star-studded lineup. Baseball just came out with their 2020 schedule. Let's let's do baseball. Let's let's get off with baseball. Let's get this off of our chest because for the first time in 21 years, since 1999, the Grand Canyon University Antelopes will host both the Arizona Wildcats and then the big one, the Arizona State Sun Devils. In a one one on one, so they have them once. It's a home at home. Yeah, we'll have them once at Brazel Field here in Phoenix, and once then in Tempe. once in Tempe. I will be on that broadcast. Somebody will. It'll be me. Keep telling yourself that. It'll be me. All right. We have Oregon. We start the season off against Oklahoma State, followed by Oregon in a midday matchup on Tuesday, and we play Fordham right after. Fordham we have for two games this during that tournament that we're hosting. What is that? It's, it's Oklahoma State, Fort, February 14th through the 16th. Valentine's Day. Which would night. make that, what, that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So the 18th is Oregon. Tuesday the 18th would be Oregon. Go Ducks. The first yeah. time the Lopes and the Let's Ducks will the ever schedule. have played. Hey, the Lopes playing two Oregon teams this year. Once Oregon State, soccer, Oregon baseball, all over the state of Oregon. Portland, right. Portland and Portland State, they're playing women's basketball. We are playing the entire state of Oregon this year. It's a theme. Fordham. Then we got CSUN. Fordham again. Stanford on the road. New Mexico at home. They had Stanford here last year. Pacific at home. It's their return trip. Arkansas on the road. Going to the Trojans of USC. Baylor on the road. Arkansas on the road. Did you say Arkansas? On March 17th in Scottsdale. Man, I wish we were on the call for this one. We're playing the Arizona Diamondbacks. I don't know if you've ever heard of them in a spring training exhibition matchup. Who are they? I don't know. Are they in the WAC? I think they might be new. Maybe Pac-12? No, Mountain West. It says they have 40-year-olds on their team. Hey, you're never too old to play college baseball. Oh, that's not fair. They have Archie Bradley. Who? That guy's in the major leagues. I don't think so. Amateurism. Who the heck is Cattell Marte? Oh, it says he, it guy. says he's 29 years old. He's not. He can't be in college. No, he's probably not. I think they're a professional team. Wow. GCU Antelopes versus the Arizona Diamondbacks, March 17th in Scottsdale at Salt River Fields. We should uh, try and get the production team out there for that one. And we have Chicago State. That's always fun. Three-game set. UNLV at the end of March. Is that a Tuesday, too? UTRGV for a three-game set. Then we go to UNLV. uh, New Mexico State at the beginning of April. And then here we are, April 7th, Arizona State. 
In Tempe. In Tempe. April 21st. It's a Tuesday. Be here. Brazzle Field. Five bucks. We have Seattle for a three-game set, then Arizona, California Baptist on the road for a three-game set, and here it is, April 21st. It's a Tuesday night, 6 p.m. Be there or be a fork. Or just watch it on GCU TV. Utah Valley and, like you mentioned, USC on the road, CSU Bakersfield on the road, Sac State, the defending WAC champs, May 8th through the 10th, and then Arizona, May 12th, and then Northern Colorado, and that wraps up our season before Mesa and the WAC tournament this year. Baseball came really close again, losing to Sac State in the WAC championship game in Mesa last year, which was very disappointing in the end. But very entertaining to watch them roll through the tournament, both teams, really. I mean, Sac State last year, they did lose their opening game in that WAC tournament, but since it is double elimination, they were able to roll their way through everybody in the loser's bracket before they were able to top GCU two days in a row, which the Lopes only had to play, what, was it like three games before the championship? Right. And what Sac State played. They played a couple double headers. Yeah, they were well prepared. They were just, they, no, or, they were ready. worn out. If you're looking at it from that perspective. Well, you know, they had nothing to lose at that point. It's like the Nationals in seven. World Series game seven tonight. There's your plug. It's my Bob. last plug. Probably. No, if they win tonight, I'll definitely have another one next week. But that's about it. No, but the good thing about GCU is that they've retained most of their starting rotation, if not all of it. Cade Meckles, the Meckles machine. They've got Jack Schneider, who's probably going to be at 100% this year. He was dealing with an injury last year. A couple new guys, but they did lose their third Pierce baseman. Nolte. They lost their third baseman, and... They lost own. basically their entire offense. Well, no, it was their outfield and Tyler Wyatt. And one more. Another infielder? So Dane's still here. So he He's graduated last semester. He'll be a grad student. We lost Preston Pavlika, Quinn Center Cotton. Field, right field. Pekai Winchester. Pekai. That was the other one. Kona Quiggle, Tyler Wyatt. We retain Cuba Meckles Best. got drafted, but he stayed. Right. Uh, Johnny Weaver still here. Avidia will be in his junior year. Again, the plate. probably most improved player of that team. Had he a stepped great, up in the WAC tournament. He had though. a great summer in the Cape Cod League as well. He had well. a great WAC tournament, really, after struggling for a long time. He was batting, what was it, like 180-something for the longest time? For yeah. Like month, yeah. For Towards like the, the end of the year, he really picked up steam offensively. And then he, he propelled him to a couple big comebacks and a couple big wins. No, it was his defense that shined throughout the entire year. It was towards well, the end when his offense started he's picking a, he's up. He's a fantastic catcher. Not many people are able to steal bases off of David Avedia. All right, so here's a couple of the new guys. Tell me if I'm wrong. I might get this wrong. Jordan, is it Jordan Serbo? Sure, I don't know the Jordan Serbo, Montville, New Jersey. That's my neck of the woods. Hey. I'm, I'm shocked I've never heard of this guy. There's the New Jersey plug. Drew Smith out of Elkhorn, Nebraska. Juan Collado, he's from San Salvador, El Salvador. Nicole's back. Brock Burton's back. Johnny Weaver, like we mentioned. Stankowitz. Nick Hansen. Dawson McCarville from Glendale, Arizona. He's a transfer junior student. Funny story about Dawson McCarville. I'm pretty sure his aunt is an Uber driver in this area because there was one night last year this lady picked me up in an Uber and was like, yeah, my son or my uh, nephew Dawson is going to be playing at GCU next year, so watch out for him. Make sure you remember me. I'm like, "Ah, okay, whatever, lady. And uh, here he is. Well, you've been remembered. I cannot wait to we'll tell Dawson about his aunt. Yeah, we'll that, that's going to be the Dawson first on. question I ask him. Like, is your aunt an Uber driver here? Because I know her. Uh, <laughs> Dante De Niro. That was Awkward Stories with Jack O'Hara. Jake Jarvish. Oh, no, he's coming back, right? He was here last year. Cal Lambert, Southpaw. Who's the one that got drafted by the Diamondbacks in like the 34th round, but he decided to go to school? He's local. 
He's one of the local ones. Still on the team? He's he's going to be a freshman. He got drafted in like the 34th round out of high school by the Diamondbacks because his dad works for the team's front office? Question mark. Wacy Crenshaw? No, I'm going to find it now. I can find the story. I, I worked with a kid named Wacy Crenshaw. His dad is the, like the head trainer for the Diamondbacks. He got drafted a few, like last year, I think. I don't think that's the one, but I'll let you know in a second. Okay. So obviously the big matchups. Oregon, Oklahoma State, the three-game set starting on Valentine's Day for all of you lovebirds out there. I will do my best to be there. The game to go to, that is the date to be at here on campus, GCU versus Oklahoma State, and of course, GCU versus Arizona State on April 21st, and then Arizona on May 14th. He found it. He found it. What do you got? Hold on, I gotta scroll through it. Do, 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 that's about Cade. Nope, that's not the one. First last, name? Last name's but hold on. It doesn't tell you the first name. Apparently does not. Does he not have a first name? Everybody has a first name. Uh, not everybody. Mm, pitcher Cade Michaels will return. Pitcher Dawson McCarville joins the program. Luke Bell. Oh, wow. He's Luke Bell and Shane Murphy. Too. So Shane Murphy... When in the 31st round, he's a lefty pitcher to the Phillies, and he was one of eight Arizona high school seniors drafted. He went to Hamilton High School, and he chose GCU. His team, He was 9-0 with a sub-1 ERA. Wow. He won the 6-8 title, or 6-A title. My bad. And then Luke Bell, 34th round selection, Arizona Dimebacks, and he was the pick that is in honor of Corey Hahn. And Bell is a right-hander from Seton Catholic. In Chandler, he went 10-2 with a 2.80 ERA, compiled 179 or, yeah, 179 innings of work in four varsity seasons. And Bell will join the program as a freshman this fall. Here's a name for you. Brody Cooper Vasilakis. There, that's my guy from down under. Australia. So him and Cohen win. And the 2019 recruiting class is number 30 in the nation, just behind Coastal Carolina, who's at 28, who claimed the 2016 national title. That's the only other non-Power 5 school in the top 30 besides us. It's just us and Coastal. So we lost a lot of big offensive players in the Pavlikas and the Quinn Cottons and the Kona Quiggles and the Tyler Wyatts. A ton of great names there. But this roster is looking pretty good. They did a great job recruiting some of these guys. Obviously, chemistry is probably going to be the big factor going in. And they've obviously already started practicing together. So we'll see come springtime what these guys are made of. Because they have a very exciting and tough schedule in the 2020 season. 2020 WAC champs, Grand Canyon University. Let it be known now in episode 5 of the Believe in GCU podcast. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Be there in Mesa in what, end of May? Middle of May, end of May, somewhere around there. And then come thank us here in our studio inside Camelback Hall on the campus of Grand Canyon University because you heard it here first. You want to talk women's soccer? Always, always do. You know, whack tournament, here we come. Punch to ticket. It does not matter what happens on Saturday against Bakersfield. The Lopes will at least be the number five or the number six seed at the worst. At the best, I think they can be like probably five. So what, it was Thursday? Thursday was a good day here on campus because Chicago State mm-hmm. rolled in for both women's volleyball and women's soccer. And everybody knows when the Cougars roll in. It's just a good time. It's like when the Orioles go into Yankee Stadium. It's just, you know, you're going to walk away with a win. We're not going to bring that up. We've moved on. So, Danny Babb, we had her on an interview last week. Hat trick. First hat trick in GCU since 2015. 5-0 win over the Cougars. Cameron Larson also picked up two goals. And then on the other side, inside the arena, the Lopes picked up a 3-1 to uh, set victory over the Cougars in women's volleyball. You were on that call. I was on the soccer call. Give us your recap for women's volleyball. How did volleyball, they look? Volleyball, wow. What, I mean, 
They came out rolling in the first set. They came out in the second set. They went up 2-0. And then the third set, a little flat. Chicago State was like, yeah, we didn't come all the way to Phoenix to play three game, three sets. We're going to win one. And the Lopes were like, all right. And then they just, they demolished them in set number four. No question. Haggy picked it up in set number four. The Lopes, three or four, four players, I believe, in double-digit kills with at least 10. Do you believe? I believe so. Uh, Melody Horton, another double-double. And they won that without uh, Tegan DeFalco on Thursday night. She did not play. So KJ Adams was filling in. And KJ Adams, 27 digs. So very reliable backup for her. And then DeFalco was back on Saturday night. Or Saturday afternoon, it was a matinee, my bad. Against Kansas City, in which the Lopes won in four again. And that was anchored really by Melody Horton's 13 and 14 performance. She had 13 kills, 14 digs. So another double-double for Melody Horton. And then Kyra Moss does what Kyra Moss does. What uh, what's your overall record right now? We are eighteen and four and nine and two in Western Athletic Conference play. Believe that. No, eight and two in Western Athletic Conference. They've played ten games. Thursday was the halfway point, so they've already played eight. Six and two, then set yeah, they're eight and two in conference play, which makes them eighteen and four on the season. So an easy game to call on for, on a Thursday. For the most part. You know, and then Saturday got them sole possession of second place. I'd, I'd say the, the women's soccer game was very fun to call early on, and then towards the end, you sort of run out of things to say. You have to start going into your emergency packet of backstories for some of these <laughs> girls because... Well, hey, you got to see a new goalkeeper in the second half. You got Kayla King in there for a good 30 minutes. Of course, Probably she didn't have more. to make a save at all. She made, it was she, like 35. She had one goal kick in 35 minutes. So Chicago State did not hold the ball offensively for more than a combined three minutes in that game. I will talk about men's soccer here in a second about how they performed against Kansas City last Sunday. We were on the call for that one. Really, Kansas City didn't have any offensive possessions except for the ones that they did. They capitalized on them. It was efficiency that won them that game. But women's soccer, Chicago State, it was the exact opposite. They didn't have any possession of the ball, and they lose this one 5 nothing because Grand Canyon's defense completely shuts them down. They have now lost 17 games now. Maybe they've played since then. Maybe it's 18 or 19 now. I don't know. They did just lose to Bakersfield. So it is 18. It is 18 now. They've lost 18 games this year. They're 0-18, and they still have not won a game since 2014. That's that's five years ago. It's five years without a win. It's a lot of years. Last time they won a game, Barack Obama was in office. Wow. Last time they won a game, the San Francisco Giants won the World Series. Oh, no. Last time they won a game, I believe... LeBron James was a Cavalier? Not even. Was he still in Miami? No, he was probably still in Miami. That was his last year as in yeah. Miami, so LeBron was still with the that was, Heat. That was two teams ago. Chris Bosh was still playing. Chris Bosh was, yeah, yeah, still playing. Derek Fisher was the head coach of the New York Knicks. We can go on and on about this, but... So Jackson made his return to basketball... And then was quickly... Retired again? Yeah. <laughs> um, the Wizards were good. The, regardless, it's a, it's a long time the since The Cubs Chicago still hadn't State. won a World Series. Yeah. Cubs still haven't won a World Series. At least Chicago's got something going for them. Then the Caps hadn't won the Stanley Cup. The Nationals were still treated as one of the lovable losers in Major League Baseball. Now they're in Game 7 in the World Series. It's just all of the things. But yeah, Tim Lincecum was still in the league. They haven't... Yeah, Big Timmy Jim, the freak... They haven't won a game since 2014, not to pounce on them too much. 
We don't want to get in trouble. But the Lopes pick up a 5 nothing win uh, in the WAC tournament, like you said, what, 5 seed? Probably. At the best, 5. At the worst, 6. Maybe squeak into the 4 with a little bit of help. It just depends on scenarios. Season ain't over yet. They still got CSU Bakersfield this Saturday. You'll be on the call for that one. Saturday night, 7 p.m. Check it out on GCU TV, YouTube, or the WAC Digital Network. 6 p.m. It says 7 p.m. on our site. Then why am I there at 4? Because oh. they need you, Kyle. I mean, I'm just super awesome, I know. Uh, men's soccer. So what's the scenario for men's? So obviously, they had a no rough idea. Stand. There was no scenarios like on the WAC Sports internet page. I haven't seen anything just yet. Off the top of my head, they have to go at least 3-0 and in their final three games because they need the nine points, and they're going to need some help. So let's talk about the most recent homestand. We said it last week that these were two must-wins for the Lopes, and two two games that they legitimately, if you're looking at it on paper, should have won. Going Because now they have a road trip against Utah Valley and Air Force, two of the top teams in the conference. Who we beat last year. They, they faced off against the Houston Baptist Huskies on Friday. Ugh. Come away with a 4-3 loss, which was frustrating in... Multiple because different it aspects. Was in a handball. So let, let's let's preview this thing from the beginning before we get into the logistics of what happened. GCU came into this one, I think, one goal scored in their last three games going into this one. So the offense just went silent on their most recent road trip. The defense has been phenomenal all year long. I think I think George Tesoris was coming off a nine save performance for who they played going into that game against the Huskies, and then obviously UTRGV, UTRGV in Texas, zero zero tie. Which is a game like, you'll take a tie against UTRGV. I mean, of course, you want to win the game, but a tie against a team like that on the road, take it or leave it. But the Houston Baptist Huskies come into town. You give up four scores. Your offense does come alive. You'd have three scores, Justin Rasmussen, Burt Wilton, and then the savior, Mr. Clutch himself, Cameron Weller, game-tying goal, 88th minute. It was exhilarating. Talk about madness inside the GCU soccer stadium. But we'll get to that. Offense comes alive. That's no. That's not a problem anymore. But the defense, and I know you wanted to rant about it because there were two penalty kicks that won Houston Baptist that game in the end. And they went it 4-3 to three in overtime. Uh, Valletto, I think the guy's name was, scored two goals. Both penalty kicks, I think. And both calls, especially the one in overtime, really could have gone either way. The first one that got Julian Armaroli the red card was definitely a, the right call. Was definitely the right call. Definitely a red card. That one can't really be upset about. But the one in overtime, I don't, I don't understand that one at all. Wasn't anywhere close to his lower arm and no, hit him in the shoulder. I didn't shoulder. pick up on anything. There's nobody even around Aguas at that time. It's I don't know where the referee was looking or why he didn't have any help. I don't. It was just that's not the that's not the way you want to lose a game. And I'm sure they'd tell you that. Especially against a team that was one in five, I think, going into uh, that game in conference play. I think they only had three wins overall this season. Like that's a game you got to win. That's a game you figured. I think I predicted last week that the Lopes were going to win at five nothing. You would have been incorrect. I was incorrect. Not would have been. I was. But I don't. I don't know what the referee saw or just looking at it. It's not anywhere close to a handball. And considering he didn't extend his arm throw his arm out there. There was just a bad ball played in from Houston Baptist that he just tried to bring down and get out of the box. I don't know why you blow the whistle and give a penalty kick there, especially with two minutes left in the first overtime. They were eight minutes into overtime period number one, and I'm not sure why frustrating is 
the way that the Lopes would sum it up. And I think uh, you could say more so for the game on Sunday, a 2 nothing loss against Kansas City. That's the one word I think I phrased it on the broadcast. Like, if there's one word that they could choose about this game, it would be frustrating. And it, it was. You know, they had all of the offense, all the possession. It was just the two counterattacks Kansas City had. They I think, ended, like, 95% of the game they had possession offensively. And they yeah, just the could did, yeah. not. Who was it? Filippo Errico, the guy's name was. Five, goalie, four, yeah. four or five saves in that game. Some big saves. Yeah. Yeah, he, he played tremendously on defense. He made saves that he shouldn't have saved, and he probably wouldn't save in, at any other time other than Sunday night. Yeah, you which give of course is the way that do. goes. It's soccer. That's just how that works. Uh, but the Lopes have what ninety five percent of the offensive percent uh, <laughs> offensive possession throughout the entire night, and then of course two or three times that Kansas City had possession. They run away with it. The second goal by Kadu, I think yep, Ryan Ryan Kadu. He it was a breakaway play. He like just, not a lope in sight. Just chipped it over to Soares and happened to hit the crossbar and go in. And th- again, those are two games that you figure on paper that the Lopes would be able to come away with a win. Two very frustrating losses because now, again, Utah Valley, Air Force, they finished the season against UNLV. It's coming down to the nitty gritty. It's coming down to the wire. Things are starting to get serious. And, women's uh, soccer, or women's soccer, women's volleyball, just six games left on the season. Again, the shortest season ever. They started in August, ending in November. They will be on the road at Seattle and Utah Valley this weekend, and then they will be back at home for four straight, and I believe those games are not in any particular order. New Mexico State, California Baptist, um, who haven't we hosted yet? Bakersfield, and that other WAC school, UTRGV. Yes. Those are the final four. In no particular order. Which, again, semi-tough, but we are 18-4 and four overall. So they're going to no, put up a fight regardless. They've made the WAC tournament. They're in good position to put themselves out in at least a semifinal, possibly the championship game, and possibly the NCAA tournament, which I know is Coach Nolan's goal, of course, as it always is for every coach. You know, that's should that should be your goal every year is to get to the NCAA tournament. But he told me that just making it isn't what he wants. He wants to make a run and he wants to show teams that this is not a fluke season. They are here to stay for a while. Their recruiting class next year is going to be good. Their recruiting class in 2021 is going to be very good from what he said. Been waiting for this year since he started coaching at GCU. He's been waiting for this season to build on. And this is now your benchmark. Lopes volleyball teams, this is your benchmark. This season, wherever you end up finishing, break through that ceiling, make it. You know, why not go win a tournament game or two? Knock off a couple top teams in the nation and show them, yeah, we're here. We're not going anywhere. Fear me. That, that's a very solid point you make there, Kyle. They're, they're def- this is definitely, <laughs> yeah, you don't have too many of them. This one not was a good true. one. Yeah, that's not true at all. Sorry. Don't believe that. Don't I, believe I totally that. believe that Kyle makes good points. Almost through and throughout. Uh, But this one, yeah, this year's the benchmark. We talked to Coach Tim Nolan a few times throughout the season. He's been waiting for this year, or at least in this time frame, for quite some time. We mentioned he was waiting for Claire Mitchell because she committed. The last four years. Yeah, she committed three years ago, four years ago. Four, because he's been here. This is year five, and he's been waiting since he got hired. (laughs) Like this was the year, and they've obviously proven that. In last year, they had a the year. last year they had a decent year where they were able to build upon. You know, last year they didn't make the WAC tournament, I don't think. But if they did, they got knocked out in that first round. But he said, you know, last year not the year they wanted to have, but a nice year to have and to build on. And because you had so many returners, and he's gonna have so many. Well, what did we say? They lose about four or five, and there's a couple big ones in there. Melody Horton is one of them. 
But you still have Mario and DeFalco and Mitchell and Moss and Kubinski. Um, Matthews, I think, will be here one more year. Trap. She's played a couple big sets for the Lopes. A lot Eskis. of depth, yeah. And whoever you have coming in, you know, and you might get a transfer or two. You never know. He's got a very good team coming in for the next few years, and the Lopes are going to be very tough team to beat they they have been a very tough team to beat and they're just going to continue to be that way and the havocs are going to continue to support them and it's only going to get bigger and the arena was rocking thursday night the gc arena is going to be rocking tonight yes the it biggest is. party in college basketball has returned in less than seven hours gcu men's basketball takes on csu san bernardino it is an exhibition matchup i want to make that clear it is not opening night that is next week next tuesday night tuesday exhibition it's like spring training it is still a basketball game people are still gonna show up it's madness i show will out. be there after i go to class gcu arena and then I, of course tuesday against davenport that's opening night but before then at noon you have women's basketball having their home opener on a Tuesday at noon. Playing Benedictine. The women are Tuesday. Be there. 12 p.m. Tuesday. Noon. You got class? Skip it. You don't need that. You can afford five participation points off. It's just five A points. degree is just a piece of paper. It's all That's about true. perspective. Wow. Good point. So Put that on the column list. You know. Let's wrap this up with one final discussion that our head boss at Believe Podcast Network wanted us to touch on. I don't know if you got that email. I got that email. I read it. NCAA has agreed to allow players to get paid. Your thoughts? All right. So the NCAA yesterday made no rule changes. They are starting the process to allow players to be paid for their image and likeness and to have the same opportunities that we as normal students have to make money to help us have some sort of income while at school since college is expensive. They are not getting paid to play. It is whoever is willing to endorse me will pay me, which means expect to see Nike sign some big recruits early for at least a few years, probably to start their careers in the NBA as well. And uh, maybe EA Sports will come out with college football, college baseball, and college basketball again, which I think is the only thing people actually care about. So does the basketball team. Basketball again tonight against CSU San Bernardino. Be there. Or be square and not make it into the 7,000-seat arena. Yeah, it's very small but very loud. Biggest party in college basketball tonight. Women's basketball is back Tuesday at noon before the home opener for the men against Davenport at 7 p.m. on Tuesday night. This was episode 5 of Believe in GCU, presented by the Believe Podcast Network. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I believe. You believe. We believe in GCU. Remember, if you want to sponsor our show, contact our head talent producer at Believe.com. From everybody here at Believe in GCU, alongside Kyle Borg, I'm Jack O'Hara saying, have a great rest of your week. And as always, go Lopes. And if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Drive home safely. Believe that.
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.